on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people that have the skills, values, and experience to help you achieve your 2023 goals. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply on today's episode of locked on Kentucky we are going to be looking at this final stretch of the season for the Wildcats we're going to ask the question what does Kentucky's record look like over these final 10 or so games after this Kansas loss we're also going to take a look at this bracketology that has been updated for us kind of get an idea of where Kentucky stands going to tie that into what we think this stretch could look like for UK and then finally I want to address Severe Wheeler's role we've been kind of overshadowed shadowing what has been going on with Severe Wheeler because of so many other bright spots or negative spots on this team that we've been kind of tackling. I want to dive into his role now with the team, and I, I think that we need to take a lot of positive things away from it, maybe that we quite didn't grasp whenever this first move happened, so I, I kind of want to address that later on in the show. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the the show it would mean a ton to us here at locked on Kentucky all right as we all know Kentucky blew a game against Kansas just a couple of days ago really really close contest if you want to go watch my recap episode on that matchup put it up on Sunday on the YouTube channel and the podcast feed just to kind of give you a brief recap of what that was like in my opinion I thought Kentucky had a lot of opportunities to win that game against a team that was simply better than them. And that proved to be true as the game continued to go on. But now looking forward, I think that there are a lot of things to be excited about for the Wildcats, despite losing what could have been the biggest resume builder of the season. You look ahead to this slate, and we talked about this on the recap episode. I want to dive into it a little bit more here. There are four games coming up right now that Kentucky, according to Ken Palm, is favored to win each and every one of those contests. They go on the road against Ole Miss tomorrow. Then they play Florida at home on Saturday. They play Tuesday, February 7th against Arkansas at home. And then they travel uh, on the weekend on the 11th to Georgia. In all four of those games, Kentucky is not a huge favorite. They're all obviously all going to be close games for the Wildcats. In fact, it ranges in terms of percentage of uh, projected win percentage, percentage, excuse me. It's somewhere between 56 and 66% in all of those games. So it's not like Kentucky's an overwhelming favorite. Betting lines may even have the Wildcats, you know, losing a couple of these games as they get closer. But my point being here is if Kentucky can start off a four-game winning streak by beating one of the best teams in the nation on the road and who is currently the number one ranked team in Ken Palm right now, that's the Tennessee Volunteers, then why can't they now go rebounding against a loss against a really good NCAA tournament team, in my opinion? Why can't they go and win four straight? I definitely think it's still on the table, and the reason for that being what Cal has done with the rotation. 
And I know that a lot of you are frustrated with the way that that rotation was used late in this game against Kansas. I understand that. I understand the complaints with Chris Livingston. But you have to be happy with the adjustments that have been made to make this team better. We'll actually get to that later on the show whenever we talk about Wheeler. When you look at teams like Mississippi, like Florida, like Arkansas, like Georgia, what is the SEC's consistent struggle been so far this year? They're offensively challenged. I think a lot of teams in this league are really struggling to shoot the basketball right now, and it's starting to hurt a lot of these mid-tier teams as the year has gone on. It's really starting to show now that we're kind of winding down to this bottom third of the regular season. This game against Ole Miss that's coming up, I think it's going to be difficult. Obviously, Ole Miss on the road is not, not to be taken lightly, but at the same time, you look, you start to dive into some of their numbers, and we're going to dive into them on, on tomorrow's show. This is a very much so offensively challenged team. They don't shoot the ball well in any category. They don't really rebound the ball particularly well. And so when you dive into a Kentucky matchup, I, I mean, you start to do what I did a lot last year, which was say, okay, talent should win out more times than not in situations like this against a team like Mississippi. Then you play Florida. Thankfully, that game's at home. It's one of the more difficult opponents on this slate right here, this four-game stretch. Then you play Arkansas, who is currently right now still one of the best top 20, or excuse me, a top 25 team in the country, according to Ken Palm, statistically, because of how good their defense has been. But they're on a little bit of a slide as well. They've lost five out of their last seven. So Kentucky, you know, lost maybe a little bit of momentum with that Kansas game. But you're looking ahead, guys, and I, I don't see how this team doesn't rebound. I get, again, I understand that these games are tough, but Kentucky, before that game against the Jayhawks, they put together a stretch of wins against teams that were really, really difficult. Again, want to reiterate, most notably against one of the best teams in the nation. If you look past that four-game stretch, which we'll go ahead and get to this back half here, you've got Mississippi State on the road, then you've got Tennessee on the road, then you've got Florida on the road. All three of those games, Ken Palm says Kentucky is going to lose. But I think it's going to be interesting to see what Florida and State look like, especially after we get through these next four games. I think maybe sites are singing a little bit of a different tune. Again, momentum starts to come back into play for these teams. Offensively challenged is a phrase I think you're going to hear a lot from me on this show as we move along. There are just a lot of teams in this league that can't shoot the ball. I'd also like to say if Kentucky can go on the road and beat Tennessee, you know, why are they only favored by maybe 30% to beat them at home? I don't really know how that makes much sense, but it's all analytics over at Kim Palm. So what are you going to do about that? And then finally, after that Florida game, the final three games of the year, you've got Auburn at home, you've got Vanderbilt at home, and then you go on the road to Arkansas. I'm not fired up about that road trip to Arkansas, but guys, I think when you look at these final this final collection of games, there's a lot of wins to be had. I'm not going to sit here and say that these games are going to be won, but I certainly think opportunities can be had for the Wildcats. And so I'm going to run through this one more time. And if you're watching on YouTube, even if you're listening on podcast, I want you to give me your thoughts about the final record of this team and what their record is in this stretch. Again, you play Ole Miss on the road. Then you have Florida and Arkansas at home. Then you go to Georgia, to Mississippi State. You get Tennessee at home, Florida on the road. Auburn at home, Vanderbilt at home, and then Arkansas on the road to round out the regular season. Kim Palm says 19-12 and 12 is the Wildcats' final record, 10-8 and 8 in the SEC. If I'm not mistaken, that would be good for maybe 
fifth or sixth or seventh, depending on the tiebreaker. It, it would probably end up being sixth or seventh because of Missouri and Florida. But that's kind of where I think the Wildcats are going to end up. I remember saying way back early in the non-con slate that I thought Kentucky was going to finish with about 19 wins. And now that we're getting closer to the home stretch, it's looking more and more like that's a possibility. 20 wins in the regular season would be, would be an impressive accomplishment. Just don't know if the Wildcats are going to get there. So let me know in the YouTube comments below what you think about this final stretch. What does it look like for the Wildcats? I'm thinking somewhere between 19 to 20 wins to round this thing out. What do you think? Let me know in the comments below. All right, I want to kind of dive into this bracketology now that this Kansas game has has been done. It's, it's completed. We're moving along from it. A really, really tough break for the Wildcats to not get that win. But I think there's a lot of good that can come from it. I want to dive into what the experts are saying about Kentucky and their chances in the latest NCAA tournament bracketologies. Before I get to that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Guys, we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America that is FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. You can download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line, point spreads, player props, who's going to score a touchdown, who won't. It's all on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So if you join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57, you can head over again to FanDuel.com FanDuel.com slash locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You can make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, continuing along here on the Monday edition of Locked On, Kentucky Lance Daw hanging out here with you. Bracketology for the Wildcats has been a big point of emphasis here on the show over the past week or so. We've been diving into it, giving our thoughts on what the experts are saying. ESPN, because they're lazy, they don't update their bracketology quite often, but there are a couple other sites I want to dive into here that have given, I would say, accurate and updated uh, odds for the Wildcats. So we noted on last, uh, the last time we talked about this, I don't think it was last show, Last time we talked about this, Kentucky was a 10 seed, if I'm not mistaken, playing in the Midwest region, according to several outlets. Now, after this Kansas loss, they have been bumped down to the first four in Dayton. So if you don't know what the first four is, obviously, I feel like a lot of you would, considering you're basketball fans listening to a Kentucky podcast. But if you don't know, the first four is part of the field of 68 in, in the NCAA tournament. It's essentially four different games of rounds that occur before you finish out the seeding for the actual field of 64 for March Madness. And so there's two uh, games for 11 seeds to kind of figure out in two different regions who the 11 seeds going to be. And then same for the 16 seeds. There are two games of 16 seeds to kind of figure out who faces off against a one seed, I believe, in the south and the Midwest regions uh, is how they're going to handle that. So Kentucky right now, according to Jerry Palm of CBS Sports, they are an 11 seed. The Wildcats are facing off against a uh, familiar opponent, the Arkansas Razorbacks, as an 11 seed in the West region. I don't think, this is something I've said quite a bit on the show recently, I don't think we're going to see 
this field that these guys are projecting right now exactly. So it's really difficult to say, okay, well, this is going to be Kentucky's matchup and we can feel even somewhat confident about it. But I do think it is also fair to assess where individual teams are rather than matchups because Kentucky is probably going to end up finishing somewhere around this 11 to 8 range. And if they go on a tear, then maybe they make their way up to a 7 seed. I'm not quite sure if that's possible at this point, just simply because of how poor their resume is. I mean, there's no other way to cut it. Kentucky has just not gotten it done against any significant opponent this season. Their quad one <laughs> resume, we talked about it recently. It's not good. The Wildcats now are, I believe, one in six in quad one games after that loss to uh, after that loss to Kansas. So it, it's it's a spot that Kentucky probably should not feel great in. And if you look at Bracketville, which is another uh, bracketology website, they also have Kentucky as an 11 seed. In that first four, they're not play, playing Arkansas. They would be playing Oklahoma, uh, who just recently beat the Alabama Crimson Tide by about half a million. So makes Kentucky fans feel great about that if you want to get into transitive property stuff. But it's a weird spot. I want to go back to something here. As we start to refrain over the fact that Kentucky's maybe sliding a little bit, you know, they're on the, on the fringe of the NCAA tournament. They're on that bubble watch, right? I want to go back to this schedule. Because again, I want to reiterate something that has been a huge point of emphasis even all the way back before the season started. It's not necessarily, even though it's important about how many teams you beat, it's about who you beat. That's more important. The resume is incredibly important if you have beaten really good teams. You could go 20 and 11 and miss out on the NCAA tournament if you've not beaten anybody worth a rip. But if you go 20 and 11 and you've beaten the likes of Tennessee, Alabama, Auburn, maybe all of a sudden you get into that conversation because your resume is significantly stronger. You've got several teams on this stretch in the top 50 in Ken Palm that you can take a win against. You look at Florida, Arkansas, Mississippi State may climb their way back in there. Tennessee, obviously. You've got Auburn. You play Florida and Arkansas twice, by the way, in this stretch. So there's so many opportunities to be had against legitimate competition. This right now, this NCAA tournament projection, I don't think is going to be reflective of where Kentucky may end up. It could be. Like I said earlier, it could be. But I'm going to lean on the optimistic side here, something that I don't do very often. I think Kentucky is going to handle this stretch well. I think they're going to pick up enough wins to start climbing up this bracketology. And I think they're going to finish as maybe an eight possibly a seven seed again if things go really, really well. The opportunities are there to be had. I'm trying to be a voice of reason here as the season starts to wind down. I've tried to be as realistic as I can with you guys on this show. Looking forward, I know a lot of people want to melt down about this, that, and the other, whether it be the coaching, the players, the rotation, whatever it may be. But if we're just going to focus on this year, this season – you have a lot still to look forward to. No team is ever out of anything, if, if anything. I think it's really good that Kentucky may start to be building some momentum here as March starts to get closer because it's, it's, there's no better time to peak. There's no better time to be playing better. There's no better time to be figuring out your rotation and your cohesion than right now. And so looking forward to what happens in the SEC tournament I think is important as well. 
Right now, the Wildcats have a lot of things going for them. This Kansas loss should not set them back nearly as much as I think some people may, may, may make it out to be. I know that there's a lot of frustration on message boards and on Twitter and on different websites about how that game was handled, but we have to push past it now. We have to address the opportunity in front of us, and I think Kentucky has the ability to execute. I'm excited about it. Let me know what you think about Kentucky and their bracketology and where they stand on everything in the comments below. If you're listening on podcast, you can hit me on Twitter at LockedOnUK. All right, before we address Severe Wheeler and what his role has become for this team, I just want to remind you guys, if you've not already, subscribe to the show. It would mean a ton to us here at Locked On Kentucky, currently climbing up past 3,200 subs. If you're listening on podcast, hey, it would not hurt at all if you went over to the YouTube channel and hit us up and subscribe to the show. Again, would mean a ton as we climb ever so close to what right now is getting closer to 3,500 subs. The goal, though, 5K. We're really looking forward to that 5K number. So please, if you want to continue watching, sub to the show. Stick around. All right, wrapping up the Monday edition of Locked On, Kentucky Lance Dahl. Hanging out here with you, Severe Wheeler, as we all know, starting point guard for the Wildcats last season, suffered an injury just a couple of weeks ago. Kaysen Wallace was inserted into the starting lineup as the point guard, and I said after Kaysen Wallace got a couple of games under his belt, Kentucky beat one of the best teams in the nation, and they started to kind of get things going. I said, man, it would be really nice if Kaysen Wallace had his minutes extended. And I was kind of iffy to sit there and say, well, I think Kaysen Wallace should end up taking the starting role because I assumed on the show that Wheeler, whenever was whenever he was healthy, would come back and he would just reassert himself in the lineup and he would be the starting point guard. He's the senior. He's the veteran. It all made sense to me that Cal would just be like, yep, okay, cool. But no, he didn't do that. <laughs> when Severe Wheeler came back healthy, he decided to do what, the fans were clamoring for for what has felt like over two years, which is bench him. I mean, it's as simple as that. I mean, he comes off the bench as a change of pace guy. That's kind of his style is the speed, getting out in transition, you know, kind of pushing the pace and the tempo of the game. Wouldn't that make more sense for a guy like that stylistically to come off of your bench to be that spark plug? It's, it, it fits his dimension, or, uh, it fits his dimensions. It fits his style of play perfectly. Let him be that guy. And he has been. Since this Georgia game, he's only collectively scored six points uh, since that game on January 17th. But I think that Kaysen Wallace has really handled the challenge and the point guard role well. And we've been talking about Wallace. I mean, gosh, all the way back into the summer as potentially becoming this floor general type for the Wildcats, not just getting it done on the offensive end. We talk a lot about what teams do scoring-wise, what players do scoring-wise. He's also one of the best defenders Kentucky has. He may be the best on-ball defender Kentucky has on roster right now. It makes sense for him to start. It makes sense for him to be the guy primarily handling the ball for the Wildcats. The collective move to make Antonio Reeves a 30-minute player, to let C.J. Frederick get back into the starting lineup, to let Kaysen Wallace be your, be your point guard, to kind of fix this rotation. I know that is not, it's not been perfect by any means from Coach Cal. But things like this, 
things like eventually finally coming around to making the right decision and then the team seeing results is a, is a good sign. The fact that we have seen change is a good sign because a lot of us last year were complaining about the fact that nothing was being done, especially late in the year, and it felt like we were just kind of stuck. Maybe Cal felt like he was kind of stuck based on his, I would say, injury limitations across the roster. So being able to make decisions like this, I think, is great. I think we should all take a step back from complaining and harassing. It, we are 5-1 and one over our last five games. Things have turned around. Decisions like this should be praised instead of like, oh, well, finally, he did it. We need to acknowledge the fact that they are making an effort to salvage what has been somewhat of a disappointing season. And it can still be a great year. If Kentucky somehow goes on a run here, and we've laid it out, we've explained how that's possible, then I don't think a lot of people will be complaining. Now, we could also lose every single game from here on out. I'm not saying one thing definitively is going to happen or another. All I'm saying is the coaching staff continues to show that they have competence and we need to ride with them until they've consistently shown that they cannot compete. And they were slipping earlier this year very clearly, and I still don't think Kentucky is an elite ball club, but at least they're proving they can make an effort with what they have. Next season, I think there's going to be a lot more leeway for them to work with because of the talent that they're bringing in. It's going to be so fun to talk about the five stars that Kentucky's bringing in next year. But as of right now, I think fans should be a little bit more hesitant to melt down, especially if Kentucky keeps winning. If they don't, maybe we have a conversation but Severe Wheeler, things like Severe Wheeler getting benched, having his role limited, I think are good for the, for the health of the team and honestly for his development as he winds down his career here with the Wildcats. So if you've got any thoughts on Severe Wheeler, on the rotation, on the adjustments, on anything to do with, the, with Cal and how he's kind of handled things over these last few games, you can hit me in the YouTube comments below. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hey, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at LanceDahl underscore. And you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments below. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for a preview episode of Kentucky Basketball's game with the Ole Miss Rebels. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and God bless. <laughs>